We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The MPW Digital Podcast Network proudly presents McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Join longtime SEC beat writer Neil McCrady and former South Alabama assistant, Alabama staffer, and Ole Miss recruiting coordinator Tyler Siski for an hour of football and fun. Listen and enjoy as they talk ball, the national landscape, and much, much more. Now, here's your host in the Clark Ford Studios, Neil McCrady. Welcome into another edition of McCready and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. I'm Neil McCready. That is Tyler Siski. We're back. Uh, we're not going to be, oh, solid, he meant. Okay, I, I said solo, and I was trying to figure out the F. Solid. Thanks. Appreciate that. It was pretty solid. I was pretty pleased with my time. Uh, brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel. 300 milligrams natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need. To push the limits and achieve your goals, check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. I don't know if it's possible, but every time I crack one of these red dragons o- open, mm-hmm. it gets better and better every time. It's it's my favorite, and I like multiple. But now, if you told me I just got to have one go to, I think that's my I think that's my guy. The new rainstorms are really good. The uh, all four of them are really good. Um, I like the peach nectarine probably the best after I've I've gone through them once. Um, then I'm going orange, grape, and then kiwi. But they're all really good. Like they're all really good. Like red dragon would be up there with them. But they're they're the new range storms are whew, they're good. I'm orange than grape. Orange than grape. Orange than grape. Okay. I'm not a big peach guy. Really? I told you this? Yeah. I, as a kid, I picked peaches. and Makes you ruin the taste? I think the PTSD from just when I see the word peach, hear the word peach, think anything peach, all I think about is like the working conditions picking peaches, and I I just don't really have any interest. I think I have some PT. I know I do. I have some PTSD from working in the grocery store as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like legit. Like mm-hmm. if I go down – for, we were assigned aisles, right, to yeah. stock on yeah. Sunday mornings. Of course. And, you know, my dad gave me two choices. He said, you're going to work during college, you're going to work during high school. So I chose the high school route. Smart. Which really sucked, by the way, though, waking up on Saturday morning at 6 o'clock when you played a football game the night before and you're hurting. But I did it. And um, 
we did Saturday and Sunday, and Sunday morning had to be there at 7 and stock the shelves, right, because the truck came in. I saw some things at the grocery store. I did that for four years that would that I have to this day PTSD about. Like a uh, weird one is I had for a long, for like a year and a half, I had the, uh, the detergent aisle. Oh, and so the first PTSD was opening up the boxes with a box cutter and getting my ass ripped because I sliced through the top of the detergent because oh. you know, they're so tight in there. So that was bad. But the smell of all of the the bounce sheets, the dryer sheets, just it 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 makes me nauseous. Really? Yeah. To this day, if I walk down that aisle, I'll, I'll get I will get nauseous at my stomach. And then the worst of worst of worst of worst of worst things was working the. Um, the dairy cabinet and you had to go through and get all the old stuff, like take it off the, you know, some curdled things and just out of date stuff. Yeah. And we would put them in the cooler in the back for three months. Okay. Three months. So we take it off the shelf. It's already old and we put it in the cooler for three months. And then every three months, it was like literally once, four times a year on a Sunday afternoon, We'd have to go in there and get that old stuff out, open up the package, empty it, empty this whatever its contents were in a 55-gallon drum, and a local farmer would come pick those drums up and feed them to his pigs. Oh. But go empty out, like, you know, four-month-old milk, yogurt, cheese. Like, you have to open the package because we would take those packages, put it back on the truck, and and the owner would get some kind of – some of his money back, you know? Oh, Oh, yeah. It's bad, dude. (laughs) It's as bad as you can imagine. To to pick peaches, at least back in the day, maybe it's changed now. You had to have every piece of skin on your body possible covered because of the insecticides. Oh yeah. And so this is Louisiana in the summer. And so I would wear jeans, jean socks, shoes, long sleeve t shirt, uh, gloves. Usually would put like a wristband or something on the t-shirt over the glove because that way it would stop the sleeve from rolling up. And then you'd get a towel and you'd put the towel around your neck. Nice and cool. Yeah. <laughs> or you'd put the towel like as a baseball cap, like a under underneath a cap. Yeah. Or, but, and, but your face would still get exposed. And the thing you always had to be cognizant of was the fuzz and stuff and the insecticides and yeah. stuff are on your gloves. Yeah. Right? Because you're picking the peaches. And if you start sweating, and you do in Louisiana wearing that much clothing, and you wipe your face. It's over. E1. And then it's done. (laughs) (laughs) And so you make that mistake, no, 20 times. And and then after a while, you just don't ever anymore. And then the sweat's just in your eyes. and Uh, and You you wear like headbands and all kinds of stuff out of your eyes. I would put a, so I I got to wear. you had hair? I had hair. That's I know back in the good old days. Um, that's I kind of got to where I did like almost a turban style. I hope that's not offensive. Um, I put a towel and then I wrapped the headband around it. Okay, and I would keep as much of it on my face as possible. The towel. There you go. It's not bad. We we figured out all sorts of uh, all sorts of fixes. Yeah. I mean, we we rigged it where like you could tape the towel down to your face where it would cover it, like right here, and all you just had your eyes. Dude, you had it. You had it down. Sunglasses covering it up. Oh yeah, or sunglasses for sure. Always. Dude, that's good stuff. Even if it was raining, you wore sunglasses. Um, so Saturday we were talking about right before we went. 
I went, kids wanted to go. So I go and, which is, you know, I know the Ole Miss fans are very upset that listen to our show about the baseball season, but the worse the baseball season gets, the better, easier it is to get tickets. So I always do like the Vivid Seats or Game Time app or something, you know, at last minute to get tickets. And so Saturday I got, got tickets right on the uh, third base line, row one. It was really cool. One of the catchers, Georgia catchers, came out, gave Knox the ball, walking by. So it was, oh, just, it good. was cool. cool. But it was just raining, and it was miserable because it was like 60 degrees, and it was just raining, so it was miserable. We left like 6th or whatever, right? And so wake up Sunday, it's a beautiful day, right? So Gorgeous. Um, gorgeous day. Mm-hmm. So go to church, went to 11 o'clock service at church. Get out like twelve thirty, whatever it was, and the game started at one thirty. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, "Hey, it's a beautiful day outside. We didn't have anything really to do. No baseball this weekend." Yeah, it's like, "Hey, Dad, you will you, will you take us to the game?" So I was like, "Yeah, sure, I will look at it." So, dude, I get on the I get on um, Vivid Sports, not a sponsor, and they they have a seat map where it shows you the sections that all these tickets are available. Okay. So I look, you know, Knox loves sitting on the front row, you know, right there because the players going by and all that stuff. He sure, of course. He thinks he's going to get a ball every time. So I see uh, section one, which is the very last section down the right field line on the deal. Mm-hmm. Well, I click it, and there's seats to come up. And so they're $5 a ticket. I'm like, hey, I'm all over this. So I got uh, – it was me and Brock and Knox, so my middle and my youngest son. So I hit the three tickets, whatever, and eat lunch and change clothes. And it takes about five, ten minutes from deliver the tickets to you. And usually they put them in the app. And so you just hit tickets and they pop up there, right? Well, nothing was there. It just said your tickets have been delivered. Check your email. I'm like, well, this is weird. You know, this is strange. It's never done this before. I've done this for all kinds of sporting events. Hell, I did it in Vegas, right, when we went to uh, the hockey deal. Yeah. The- Do it all the time everywhere. And so I open up my email, and sure enough, I get a thing. It says, I shall not name your name, but a person's name, and I recognize the name, has transferred you tickets. It's never told me who was transferring me tickets. And I'm like, I, but I recognize the name as a booster at Ole Miss, okay? Okay. And so I was like, oh, that's weird. And thinking of it, I go to click to accept my tickets. Well, it sends me to the Ole Miss, like – Inside Ole Miss, I have to register for an account with Ole Miss to get these tickets. And so I'm like, this is, I've never had to do this, but I did it. And sure enough, hey, the tickets show up. Would you like to add them to your Apple wallet? Sure. So all these extra steps I've never had to do. Mind you, I've done this a hundred times probably. Easy. And I'm just, oh, whatever. And um, we get ready to go. I get in the car, and I just click just to make sure that they're in the Apple wallet. And I noticed the tickets are in club uh, 4111. And I'm like, huh, I did not buy tickets. I bought them in this section one. So I've never been out there. That's the right field uh, section they put up behind the. Yeah, I was about to ask, what is right, that? So Go it's ahead. A, it's a temporary, looks like a temporary, it is temporary, but it's a. It's the second deck. Second deck okay. out there in the right field, yeah. but it's like. Uh, I saw it on TV the other day. It's a. Uh, you know, free drinks, free food, the whole deal. It's very similar to the dugout club just out there. Okay. Okay. Or the diamond club. And uh, I was like, well, I've never even – I have no idea even how to get out there, right? I mean, I've worked here a while. And so I was like, I guess we'll go in, like, student section. So I'll go over there. And lady's like, yeah, you're going to Club 4111. Yep, just go down here and take a left. So I walk in there and guy scans my tickets. Well, I go to walk up, 
and there's Ole Miss people that work at Ole Miss, they're giving me the stink eye, man, as soon as I walk up. And I'm like, all right. I didn't say anything. They were like, names, name, uh, name on the ticket, sir. I said, I have no idea. It's like, what do you mean you have no idea? <laughs> and I said, I don't know. I just bought these tickets. Well, who did you buy them from? So I didn't buy them from anybody. I bought them from Vivid Seats. Like, hmm. Dude, so I did not rat you out. I just want to let you know I did not rat you out. The uh, They were trying to get the person. That I don't think they're supposed to resell those tickets. Oh. And they were pissed. I did not rat them out, though. So what happened? Did you, I, did I you knew sit who up was. there or did y'all yeah, go? No, hell yeah. I went, went up there and ate lunch, ate a second lunch, and had some drinks and sat in the outfield and watched the game. Okay. Hell of a game. Great game. We left in, we left in the eight, eighth inning. Yeah. Uh, but I missed the, all the, I got to watch the rest of it on TV. I didn't want to fight the crowd. Brock's all still dinged up. So my wife, uh, came and picked us up, but I just, they were, they were high key pissed. Like they almost didn't let us up there because that was, they're not supposed to reset. They probably realized that you didn't know that you'd done something wrong. No, I didn't. Um, I didn't do it. I mean, I, I said, well, that's funny. I said, I thought I was buying a ticket in that section right there. I mean, I literally click, you click on the map and it gives you mm-hmm. the deals, and somehow they were registered under that section. So, yeah, there you go. How about did you, that? Did you say, I am Tyler Siski? No, I did not. I did not. You should have. No, I'm I kidding. didn't know who they were. No, I'm kidding. I didn't know. Sometimes I know who they are. Like, I know uh, JT, James Taylor, that works in the front. I know a yeah. lot of those guys. I, I don't. I don't ever do that. That's not my thing. No, no, no. I, I was kidding. I know, but I don't. Like, I didn't, I didn't make a scene. But they were, they were low-key pissed. That I was up in there because you're not supposed to resell those tickets. And there, I guess they sold 200 and something of them. Uh-huh. There was 40 people there. So be interested to see uh, what they'll, uh, if my, if if the guy, if they find out who it was. But I did not rat them out. <laughs> Somebody and and you knew a name, so you could have. I, I have a name right here on my phone in my you email. Could, you could have routed Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm curious now. <laughs> yeah, I know the name. Is it a name I'd know? Probably not. Probably. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I know most of them. I know, I know, obviously a few. I mean, I've got some sources and stuff, but I knew this one. Okay, yeah. So it was kind of interesting. Good seats. It was row one. <laughs> That's good. That's good. It's a hell of a game. Yeah. Great, great day for a baseball game. Yeah, it was good stuff. I had it. Uh, I had it on in here because I was working on Ten Thoughts and I was watching. I was watching the NBA games. I watched Knicks Heat and then Kings Warriors and. I was watching the Cubs, who lost three one-run games to the Marlins over the weekend. Where like bases loaded, nobody out, <laughs> score one run. Bases loaded, one out, double play. No crooked numbers. Double play. No crooked numbers ever. Just it was like madly frustrating watching that series. Yeah, I didn't, uh, dude. It was it was laid back, man. I didn't. I mean, NASCAR got rained out yesterday, so they're on today. Golf was. Golf this week was the worst tournament of the year as far as people in it, like Tony Finau and John Rahm, but they were so far ahead of everybody, it was it was boring. Um, Braves got rained out Saturday and Sunday. Uh, UFC had a, a laid-down fight night because they have a pay-per-view this weekend. Um, yeah, this is laid back, man. Double-decker showed up. <laughs> showed up. All right, my wife wanted to go to double-decker, so mm-hmm. we we drove and found a place to park. I literally, because I parked uh, behind Nukes, I got a little spot back there I parked, so I parked there, and we literally walked to where the stage was, turned around, came back, got in the car, and left. Because the food trucks were closing. 
I wanted to go. I like to go eat all the crazy food stuff. By the time we get there, like five thirty, I guess five thirty six, and they were all closing. I finished running and tried to cool off for a minute, changed shirts, and then my sister in law had a booth, so I walked up there and saw her and hung out for a few minutes, and then I was like, yeah, "I'm done." <laughs> I went back home and I literally got home and I, I, I was, it was. I was not a productive person on Saturday. I told myself, yeah, I'll work ahead on 10 thoughts a little bit. I did not write a word. Unproductive. Yeah, it is what it is. All right, I got a question for you. Okay. I was, I had, I meant to talk about this the other day and we got going on something. I got to get the Neil McCready opinion on this. All right. Uh, apparently, I learned something new this past week that uh, the Tooth Fairy does wholesales. So, the Tooth Fairy came to my house last week. Okay. And uh, Noxie did did not get uh, full value for his tooth because it had a cavity in it. Have you ever heard of this? I have never heard this. I'm interested. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So normally, you know, Tooth Fairy at my house, you know, depending on, you know, depending on what the Tooth Fairy's wallet looks like at that time. What is the going rate for the Tooth Fairy now? Because when, when the Tooth Fairy visited our house back in the day, it was it was... There's never a ton of money. Yeah. So at my house, I mean, a five dollar tooth. I've, I'd say average five to ten at my house, uh, depending on what's in the, whatever the tooth, depending on what the tooth fairy is carrying at the time. Sure. Um, it has gone up to twenty before, uh, because he just didn't have any other options at that time. I don't think. Are you saying the tooth fairy couldn't make change? Correct. I understand. Because there's a late late decision on the tooth fairy's part uh, part to show up. Uh, so, but last week the. Knox rolled in with, um, uh, had to get a tooth pulled. Okay. Because he had a cavity issue. So instead of getting a root canal, he had to get a tooth pulled because he loves him some sweets. He doesn't eat anything but chicken nuggets, yogurts, and anything with sugar in it. That's what okay. he eats. All right. That's what he, he survives on chicken nuggets, yogurt, and sweets. So the tooth fairy rolled in. No, when you in. say yogurt, you mean the sweetened yogurt. I mean, like, no, it's like uh, Noosa. I don't know what kind of yogurt oh, that is. It's like, uh, it's like, he, and it's only one flavor. It's blueberry. That's it. Okay. All right. Like breakfast for him is a chocolate chip pancake. That's that's breakfast. I mean, it's got to have, you know, it's a dessert is, you know, cinnamon rolls, anything you consider donuts. I mean, it's quasi pop tarts, quasi dessert slash breakfast. That's my man here. Right. And then, um, you know, we felt accomplished yesterday. We got him to eat a peanut butter sandwich and Doritos for lunch. Oh, you know, my wife will sneak some apples on there or something, but I have no idea how the kid stays alive, but he does. He's the third kid, too. He has no chance. All right, so um, anyway, got the tooth pulled. Man, he got a buck, man. Tooth fairy left him a buck. When there were, I think there were other options available. Damaged goods. Damaged goods. Did you know this was a thing? I did not, but, you know, I mean, a lesson learned. Yeah. You know, I mean, Tooth Fairy's not going to pay big money for a damaged tooth that she can't turn around and <laughs> resale, I guess. And, you know, and, and get her investment worth as a return on investment. Yeah. Tooth Fairy's definitely in the NIL, I guess, right now, right? Was he was he pissed? Uh no, he thinks I mean it might as well have been a hundred dollars. That's the other that's the other thing I tried to explain about the Tooth Fairy. You know, the Tooth Fairy what 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 parents don't realize. So Noxie's basically a college football player. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. He's he's getting his you know, He has no currently. idea what the money is. No. It's just money. It's just money, man. It doesn't even, the the amount is just is, is you know, secondary. 
He's like, look at here, I got a dollar. And then he's like, you know, 20 bucks. Look at here, I got 20 bucks. He doesn't know the difference. I mean, it's great. You know, it's like uh, I got mad at him the other day because he was going, he got, <laughs> so Saturday he got overly pissed because he kept wanting to go. To, he was like killing me at the concession stand, dog. I mean, just, just, <laughs> I went one time, I was like 35 bucks. <laughs> I was like, Peanut M&M's, you know, Reese's Pieces, popcorn. I mean, nothing of substance. And just like, I mean, it's bad. Concession stands prices are getting up there, you know. Yeah. Inflation's hit them. Yeah. And then so I, I finally cut him off. I was like, I said, I'm not going back. Like, he was like, you go get a Coke? No, I'm not getting a Coke. No, we're not going back. And so he went into his jar and brought a $20 bill <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> he was going to get his own stuff. And I said, no, we're not doing that. I said, if we go to the concession stand, I'll get to you. You're not going to spend money at the concession stand. And, uh. He takes the 20 bucks and just throws it in the truck. I just, that's just, they don't understand, man. He's a football player. He's a football well, player. <laughs> or a basketball player. Might as well be, right? Uh, Austin, thanks for the super chat. He says, I have a new idea for punishment for the new football season. The loser this season has to go to the spring Talladega race in a Biden shirt that, and that, Dukes. No. That's not, that's not, uh, that's not, hurt. That's, that's not uh, recommended by the safety crew. In an election year? No, no, no. <laughs> no, that would mm. be. Like I tried to, my wife didn't know this. You know the chant. Y'all bet you didn't know this. The "Let's Go Brandon" chant. Yeah, started at Talladega. That's where it started. That's where it originated. That's where the guy won the race. Yeah. So Brandon and, Brandon Jones yeah, was, and the like, the female reporter. She goes, "Look, they're saying, uh, let's go, Brandon," and they were really saying, you know, "F Joe Biden." Oh, gotcha. So that is how that got started. That's how it got started yeah. at Talladega. So yeah, probably not the best no, best spot for that. No, not a good spot. Not happening. But um, yeah, over under of of Trump flags at Talladega was like six thousand. That was over under. Probably over. Yeah, it was. They were they were everywhere. That's uh, his. That's his crowd. That's it. That was, those were his people. No, no doubt. Um, before we get going to the football stuff, I did want to say something else. Uh, and. Uh, Really cool, uh, good friend of uh, of mine. I think you know him too, Dusty Rutledge, that was here with us at uh, at Ole Miss. Uh, he's been with Rich Rod pretty much everywhere, every stop from West Virginia to Michigan to Arizona to Monroe. He went Monroe. He's the chief of staff uh, at Jacksonville State, and he finished his cancer treatment. You know, um, obviously didn't say anything public about it because I didn't know if he wanted it public, but they tweeted it out or whatever. But Finished his can- uh, as, as uh, cancer treatment, I think it was on Friday, Thursday or Friday. And um, just a – dude, he's a, he's a dude's dude. He is as good as they come. He is hilarious. Um, you can't find somebody that doesn't like this guy. And very happy for him. You know, been battling that for here for about about four, five, six months now. So it's good. Yeah, always good to get the last one. Yes. And to feel like maybe – you hope that is the last one. Yes. Yeah. He, but he's just a stud, man. He's a good guy. And that, that made my day the other day. So That's uh, awesome. That's great news. Yep. I knew you knew him. So Yeah. All right. So the draft is done. Um, any big takeaways from – you're probably like me. After Thursday night, I was a little drafted out after four hours of draft. I didn't spend – Dude, a, that was a long-ass show. That was a long show. I didn't spend a lot of time watching the draft. I kept up with it a little bit, probably not as much as you did on – Friday. Actually, I take that back. I didn't keep up with it Friday at all. I actually looked at it on Saturday a little bit when I was just laying on the couch flipping channels. I pulled up the ticker on my phone every once in a while to see who had been drafted. I did not watch the draft. I, I watched maybe the first two or three picks on Friday night and then got off of it. Um, but uh, 
after talking to people over the weekend, and I know there's going to be draft grades coming out on all these people that don't know anything about football, I found out that our Houston Texans were playing chess where everybody else was playing checkers. So when I was very surprised the other night that Houston took C.J. Stroud second and then traded and got to the third pick, mm-hmm. um, per sources, I knew that Tennessee was more than prepared to make an offer to trade up to three to get C.J. Stroud um, to where it was basically done on Arizona, between Arizona and Tennessee um, because uh, when we talked – with my source on Thursday morning, uh, Houston was going to take Will Anderson and then try to maybe trade up and get somebody around, you know, do move up a little bit from that 12 spot and get somebody. Um, and so they were trying to get a deal done with Arizona, but didn't like they were wanting way too much. Okay. And they didn't, they didn't want to do it. So Houston, instead of going Will Anderson with two, pulled the trigger on C.J. Stroud to take their competition for that third spot because they knew Arizona wanted to trade. Arizona wanted uh, Paris Johnson from from Ohio State. That's who they wanted. They knew they could wait a little bit to get him. Um, and so they said, fine. They just took C.J. Stroud. And so who the people who wanted C.J. Stroud to trade with three were no longer in the game. That's why they took C.J. Stroud second was to basically guarantee that they were the only suitors for three. Gotcha. So they took everybody else out by taking C.J. Stroud second. Oh, smart. I mean, that's smart. Now, they gave a lot of way to do it. They did. Um, but now, look, you know where I feel about this. If if you're a franchise, and after all of the study and all of the research and all of the meetings and all of the analysis, yep. if you believe that that guy is your guy, if you believe it, go do it. Yeah. Go get him. And because look, it's a scoreboard business. You're either going to win and be confirmed, or you're going to lose. And if you're going to lose, lose on your terms. Yeah. Lose on your decisions. Don't lose and look back and get, you know what I wish if only we had. No, no, no. We believed in CJ Stroud. That's who we wanted. We went and got him. And if it doesn't work out, yeah, you're going to get fired. But how much is this worth? I don't know. Peace of mind, I think it's worth something to be able to walk out going, you know what? He didn't turn out. We thought he would. The whole room did. We were convicted. Yeah. We believed in him. I knew going into the draft, I say going in, two weeks ago, that they were okay with either C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Um, I knew that. Um, I didn't know what was going on closer to the draft yeah. uh, with that, with that, as far as they were concerned there. But – like I said, that one, that one's like, I mean, I was pretty much told that was done, you know, that that, that was going to happen. That's why I was shocked. Uh, yeah, that one got me. But, look, uh, you got to give credit. Was it Casario or whatever from New England? He 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 went out and he knew what he wanted. He went to go and he paid for it. So they're, they're going to be missing from the first round for a little while because of it, but um, unless they make some other trade or get rid of somebody. But which brings me to the next one. All right, so not really talked about because of when it happened. And we knew with the Lions taking Jameer Gibbs so early, there was an odd man out there, right? And DeAndre Swift gets traded. So you got the Houston Texans going to three to get Will Anderson, who we think is going to be a great player. Be shocked if he's not. Okay. Yep. They gave up, what, three first rounds and 
uh, or two first rounds and a second and a third. I mean, they, they gave up a lot. Meanwhile, DeAndre Swift, the Eagles get DeAndre Swift, and really the only thing that they cost them, they swapped seventh-round picks, whoopty freaking do and they got a fourth-round pick in 2025. Two years from now, they're going to get a fourth-round pick for this trade. So the Eagles were able to go get a guy that's already proven to be a running back one in the NFL. And I know if you're, if you're not an avid NFL fan, you don't know a lot about DeAndre Swift, but the guy is a fantasy football dream. He can, he's a threat to he's a threat to catch six seven balls out of the backfield every every uh, every week carry the ball 10 11 times he's gonna get between 15 and 20 touches and put up 100 and something yards a week that's just what he's gonna do and he's an elite player when he's healthy he's been healthy for a good bit now and that's why they've been but he's been starting at running back there for you know his first two years and a little bit of that was a salary cap move I guess you could say because he's coming up in the last year of his contract but he's gonna get paid regardless you're not gonna want to get rid of the guy. But you're able to get a premier running back that's already proven to be a premier running back in this league, not a bust, not going to be a bust. He's 24 years old, and you're getting him at 24 years old for basically a fourth-round pick in two years. It's just It blows my mind sometimes in the NFL where you can make these trades that, make, that are for nothing and get an a established premier player at his position versus drafting a guy and hoping the shit works out. It yeah. just it blows my mind why we do that. Is it caught up in a moment? Is it emotion? I don't know what it is, man. I don't, I don't know. Like I've told you, the NFL's fascinating to me because of the amount of analysis that goes into the draft. Just the amount of time that goes into the draft. And then there it is. You have to make a decision. And if you if they believe Jameer Gibbs is a better pro- player. Enough to move up and to swip swap and do all those things, then you do it. Yeah. And Jameer Gibbs is a dude. Don't get me wrong, but like, <clears throat> God almighty, that's just crazy. Um, the, I will say this, the, I guess it was, that would have been the, the second day or the you know, third day stuff that probably surprised me the most. It surprised a lot of people in the industry was, uh, Stetson Bennett going in the fourth round to the Rams. Um, no one, including Stetson or his representation, expected him to even get drafted. He had a rough last couple months. He did. But fourth round to the Rams. He was like the the kid from uh, Fresno went one pick before him. Oh, I, 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 Hefner. Hefner. Yeah. Is that how you say his name? I think so. I don't know. Look, we've talked about Bennett a lot. He won. He made lots of plays. Oh, yeah. He's got limitations. Got ego and attitude for days. If you told me that Stetson Bennett ended up being kind of this draft's Gardner Minshew, I totally buy it. Yeah, no, there were were other things. It was the other things, right? But if that's the case, he's worth a fourth-round pick. I think if he... It, there were the other things, right? And then, dude, I mean, he's but a fourth round pick. Holy shit! That I guess the point was is they could have waited probably the sixth and got him. I don't think there was a like, I don't think anybody else was taking him. Um, but look, Lesney, the GM um, from the Rams, is a good dude. I know him personally. I mean, he GM'd his way to a Super Bowl 
um, by giving up with picks. They don't have a they, they haven't had draft picks for a while. Um, now they're in salary cap hell. They're in trouble. They're going to pay the price for it. Um, I was almost shocked a little bit that they didn't do something to get younger at quarterback. Like I was almost surprised they didn't jump up and and try to get Will Levis in the second round, which obviously Tennessee did behind Stafford. Yeah, yeah. It's it's about that time, boss. It's about that time. Maybe they just decided they wouldn't do Georgia quarterback again. I well, mean, it wor- it's working the, for Philly. The, the Eagles have decided to. All right, how about become this? Georgia North in the last two years? In the last two years, Philadelphia has now drafted five, drafted five of the starting eleven in the twenty twenty one year on the defense. Why not? It's a great defense. <laughs> I mean, well, Nakobe hardly ever played last year. He didn't play much, but they got five dudes on that defense in the National Football League. Look, Jalen Carter is potentially the steal of the draft. Yeah, it's going to be. Going ninth overall. This is going to be like a Randy Malls. This is going to be yeah. a Laramie Tunsil. This is the same. I mean, you this know. is stupid that he, he fell that far. I mean, just a phenomenal play. And then they go and get DeAndre Swift, so I guess they technically added six guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I mean? They're turning into – uh, I got a couple guys at the office that work that are from Georgia, and they're calling them the the Philadelphia Bulldogs. They're the Eagles. They're Eagles fans now. Yeah, now they yeah. got to be Eagles fans. But it, it's you know, I mean, if you're a big time Georgia fan, that's kind of by default becoming your team, right? I mean, you almost have to. I mean, I don't know, really, if you're an SEC fan. I mean, they they got Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown. Um, I mean, they they're adding. See, to me, to me, that is the power of the league. The, the, and if you you know this, you coached yeah. in it twice. If you can play in in the SEC, you're going to get an opportunity in the NFL because even the NFL views the SEC as kind of their double A team. Yeah, they had what sixty five guys drafted this year. The Big Ten had uh, yeah, I saw the numbers it was forty or fifty or something, yeah. and then the third closest was like twenty nine. So they almost they basically doubled. The third, you know, between them and the Big Ten, they were damn near all the draft picks. It's almost like that's what's coming. The two big leagues, the Big Ten and the SEC. It's almost it's almost like it's predictable. It's like there's a story that's out today, yesterday. I lose track of days over the course of the weekend. But the Big Ten's playing chess right now yeah. with, with the Pac-12. They're just watching. They think the Pac-12 is going to fall apart and that they can get Oregon and Washington at a discount. And so they're just going to wait. They're not going to take them at full price. They're going to get them at a $40 million discount, which will still be more money than those schools would have gotten to if they stayed in the Pac-12. And they, they believe that those four border schools, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, are going to go to the Big 12, and that's going to break up the Pac-12 and let it fall apart, and they'll get those two schools at a discount and figure it out from there. And they're probably right. Yeah. No, they are. I mean, it just – at some point in time, there's got to be some kind of logistics to take that have to make sense because the trial – it's not football. Football will be fine. Football always is king and all that stuff will be fine. But as an athletic department, I mean, watch. I mean, UCLA's got plenty of money. USC's got plenty of money. Watch baseball and basketball and women's tennis and the amount volleyball. of – Volleyball. The amount of money Just stuff and travel – and because, like, I remember this. <clears throat> so when I was at Arkansas State and we were in the Sun Belt, I remember Denver. 
and Idaho were in mm-hmm. the Sun Belt. And just the logistic football again, going to be fine. Yeah, it's just once every so often. Make a flight, get back. But, like, I remember the basketball team at Denver. I remember them – and just thinking about trying to be a, a student athlete because it's actually about being a student athlete at that level, right? But I remember them – Allegedly. Allegedly. But basketball would, like – they would play, like, Thursday, Saturday, and then – but they would go and play, like, Middle Tennessee, drive to Arkansas State, and then mm-hmm. go play Little Rock. Like, do these little bus swings, you know, fly into Nashville, fly out of Little Rock, but go and, like, you know, just be mm-hmm. gone for a week. You know, it's almost like when you're, you know, a Michigan or a Purdue or the Big Ten uh, baseball teams early in the season, hell, they leave and they don't come home for a month. You know, they go play all the schools in the south so the weather's good enough to play baseball and first of college baseball. But I think you're going to see the same problems travel-wise. I mean, um, I got buddies that are at West Virginia and talking about how difficult that is playing in the Big 12, you know, in recruiting and football especially. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's just you're you're out of your footprint. It just makes things difficult. So – that's the part that I think we could do a little bit better job of this realignment stuff, but it's not about that anymore. It's about it's about money, about money, boss. Um, but I wrote know. about this in Ten Thoughts. I mean, we're not going to get into it right now, but talking to people, I talked to people at five schools. Kind of one was kind of off the record, really four, but kind of five. And the numbers, the numbers that are right now required to build a basketball roster. You talking about financial numbers? I'm talking about the salary numbers to buy players. Okay. I refuse to say NIL. There is no NIL freaking L. It's just a salary. PFP. PFP. The PFP numbers that are required to compete, to build a roster, an average roster. Okay. Okay. I'm curious because I don't know. There, there are players... There are players, I'm going to be super careful because I don't want to identify anybody at all. There are basketball players in the SEC who are starters okay. who will never play in the NBA. Never. Making 450 a year. And look, here's the thing. That's fine. Here's the part that I hope for the kids' sake there's some education going on. I hope somebody, and again, we're going to get to other things. Oh, you're good. But I hope somebody is within these people's ears enough to say, hey, Billy. Kid's name's not Billy. Billy, you're not going to the NBA. You're not going to happen. Because if you were, you'd know, and you're not. You might go overseas and play some, and you might make some money over there. But there's a decent chance that this is the most money per year you'll ever make. Yep. Save it. Understand, Billy, that when basketball's done, and look, this applies in football too, in, uh, yeah. in, in spades. Yes. That first job in the real world isn't going to pay 450 or 150 or for a lot of you cats, 50 because that general studies degree is worthless. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's that, a you're you're 100% correct. That general studies degree the hell was that? I don't know. Someone tried to text me, I'm sure. I've got stuff going on. Um that general studies degree is going to what I don't know what the going rate is to be a a a barista at Starbucks, but that's roughly where you're starting out. Yeah. 
So understand the money. Understand the money. And I don't know that that's happening because in the player procurement aspect of it, it's just what do we have to do to get this guy? And what you hear over and over and over from talking to people, and I wrote about this yesterday. I just don't think it resonates. Um, I'm not sure anybody reads anything I write anymore, which is fine too. Um, it's not sustainable. No. I mean, I had one guy just go, look, this this can't be like this this time next year. You can't keep hitting the same people for money. Hey, need 200000 for this player. Okay, got it. Okay, now need 220 for this player. And everybody's portal, 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 portal. Everybody. Like, no longer can anyone make fun of Lane Kiffin for portal. Everyone, with the, a handful of exceptions, is just becoming portal dependent. It's almost like it's going to be a problem. Oh, it it, it is. It, well, it's just not. <laughs> well, no, it's not that it's a problem. It's that there has to be a market correction. Because anything, right, if... if trying to think of a good example if i go to a restaurant this isn't a great one this is the first one top of my head if i go to a if i know if, if i go to a clothing store okay and i buy a suit okay okay and the suit is 1500 bucks 2000 bucks nice suit yeah oh it's supposed to be a nice suit we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hold on. I think I found my problem. All right, there we go. Um, I pay $2,000 for the suit. I'm paying for a really nice suit, right? Yep. Okay. I get the suit, and I wear it a few times, and it starts to kind of break down. It's not, it's not, I find out that it's not really what I paid for. Okay. Not great product. Dry cleaner tears it up. You know, just, it's not good. So I go back to get another suit because I need to replace the suit. I got to have a suit. Well, suit prices are $2,500 for the same suit. Oh yeah, this will be better. This one, <laughs> this one's going to work better. That one, tr just trust me. All right, cool. 2500 bucks. Same problems. I'm probably not going back to that suit. And when they say, hey, 25, I'm going to say, no, I, it's not. I, I didn't get it. It's 3000 next time. It's 3000 I'll, I'll pass. I'm going to go someplace else. I, I'll, you know what? For that price, I can go buy a cheap, shoot, a cheap suit for $400. 
and it's going to be just as good as that. And at least this way, I'll, I'll know going in it's going to suck. And maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. As opposed to, I know I'm going to be disappointed here. So if, if you go buy the $2,500 suit, you got to walk everywhere you walk. People are like, man, that is, Josh, you look fantastic. That is incredible. And it holds up and it lasts and it just, it's tapered just right. You know what I mean? I mean, it's got, a, everybody's going, oh man, that is, that looks great on you. You look fantastic. And you're like, it makes you look a little thin, thinner or, or, or a little stronger, whatever you look going for. That's where we are, I think, with college athletics is I think we're getting to a place. We're not far from it. We're still super early in this pay-for-play deal. Not the under-the-table pay-for-play. This is a lot of money. <laughs> cats, <laughs> cats, average basketball players weren't getting $300,000, dollars $500,000 10 years ago. No. And don't get me wrong. Get what you can get. Yeah. Good for you. Go get it. Go, go get it. It's a matter of time before the, the people that are funding this money go, I got to be honest, I'm not getting a return on my investment here. You're the same team that you've been. You're not going any further. You're not any more fun to watch. I don't get anything out of this. I thought maybe I'd get a lot out of this, and I don't. I'm out. Or, hey, and this is more likely, at least initially, all right, so you're asking for this in, in basketball. Now you're asking for this in football. And now, and this is true in the SEC, you're asking for this in, in baseball too. Well, I can't do it all. So which one of you guys are going to scratch my back the most? Which one of you guys are going to make me feel like my money is best invested? Yeah. and All right, so it's where I think it's kind of comical a little bit is you know what pattern we're following here? It's the same thing that happened in the black market, just on a different money scale. There were guys whose price got up there, and you're like, hey, it's not worth it. The guy's not worth it. Yeah. Not worth it. We can go get this guy, this guy, this guy, allegedly. Yeah, right? That's and then you go, <clears throat> and then all of a sudden it's like when you get a new coach, man, money starts flowing. We got a new coach. You got a new idea, which we're in a – basically with NIL, everybody's a new coach. Right, right, right. right. So you got this new deal. Well, now you're having everybody hit on the same time. Everybody's hitting at the exact same time. And so if you're not if you're not winning games, guess what's happening to your money, boss? It's drying up quick. Oh, and, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's drying up quick. For sure. Because it's not like you got – Well, look, you kind of saw that with Ole Miss basketball. I mean, it dried up on Kermit. Yeah. I'm not saying it should or shouldn't have or whatever, but it kind of did. And so now there's a little bit more – I'll use Beard as an example. I know kind of the number that was told. And here's how fast the market has moved. I think that number six months ago, eight months ago, would have been a pretty competitive number. And I'm not sure it is now. But at a place like Ole Miss, for example, you can't give – I mean, you can, but go getting it year over year is going to That's be That's the trick. Right. Can you get ten million for football and three million for basketball and two and a half for baseball one year? Yeah, probably. Now, can you do it again? Is, in in a in an economy where inflation's going up, where uh, taxes go up, 
where the stock market takes a hit, things that you cannot control as a guy running a collective or as an athletics director. I mean, you 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 can control a lot of things, but you probably can't control the worldwide economy. No, you can't. And so when 401ks shrivel up, and they are, and people look at it and go, "Hey, I I I got I got to pick something here. I can't I can't help you here." I I just I think there's a market correction coming. And I think when it comes, and I think it's coming in the next 24 months, I suspect it's going to be shocking. Maybe 12. Yeah, maybe. I think it's going to be shocking to people. When, at how many people go, you know what, it's not worth it. I'm good. I, I, you want 100, I'll give you 20. No, it, it's going to happen. But th- there's where I think a lot of t- uh, the other correction that's going to happen is you're going to have teams that are spending a ton of their money on a very few players. They're, they're going to be in trouble. When you're spending a ton of money on very few players, you're in trouble. Um, like I, I know there are some teams, um, not as many teams as I really thought would do it, but I do know a few teams. The ones that seem to be having success with this, and you can call it what you want to call it. Okay. But the teams that seem to be having success with the NIL are the teams that are, <clears throat> like I know one that's doing really well, and they're like, hey, Every scholarship player, you're getting $50,000. That's what you're getting. Yeah. Now, if you're the starting quarterback, now they got a little money. Now, set is that to the a power side. five league? It is a power five. Okay. Hey, you're everybody's getting 50 grand, all right? And they got some extra money to the side for maybe the starting quarterback or whoever, mm-hmm. like they have to go get a guy. Mm-hmm. But everybody's getting 50. And then if you want to go get your own deals or we get your sure. own deals, then that adds on top of that, whatever right. it is. It helps locker room. It helps yeah. everything. But the teams that are struggling, the teams that are struggling, losing players in the portal, or the teams that are going like, "Hey, we got a million dollars. This guy's getting eight hundred grand of the million dollars." You know, that are the teams because they don't have enough money to spread it along, and then their backup, the guys that, "Hey, you you can't get money for us right now. All right, we can't afford to pay you money out of the collective or whatever it is." They're getting poached by a team that can't afford to pay them. Yeah, it's just. It's that's where all this this movement's going on. It's just it's just a. But I'm glad you said what you said earlier because I think that's the biggest misconception. We we actually I think we talked about on the show a long time ago. We were talking about nil. Is what people don't realize is and it's like you said it's a ton in football. I mean, how many how many players did well, since we got all Ole Miss fans on here? How many how many Ole Miss players got drafted? Was it four? Okay, how many Ole Miss players are getting money through nil? Football players. Oh shit! Um, if you just put a number on it, let's guesstimation. Fifty. Okay, so there goes the point. And I might be way off. By yeah, the way. maybe I don't let's know. just call it fifty for just complete guesstimations. Okay? okay, so we're saying that forty-six players are in the situation you're talking about right now, where the most money you're going to make is right now, and then you get a kid that's getting that's so. You know, a lot of these kids are trying to do good, whether they're helping their families mm-hmm. or whatever it is, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, they go get their first job out of college. They can't afford to do that anymore. Yeah. And it's creating so many issues. But, you know, the thing that really frustrates me is you can't tell. We've You've been trying to tell the NCAA and everybody about this, but it's like, you know, nobody wants to fix anything until it's completely foobarred. Okay, well, you've reached the foobar stage. It's effed up beyond all recognition right now. So, but anyway. Um, yeah, I mean – I wish there were some programs in place, and maybe there are in some places. Like, I know that there are multiple collectives around the SEC that are trying desperately to be responsible. 
to help the help the people with taxes and, and all of yeah, that. Yeah, most of the big ones are. But what I would love if they could do for kids, like I think about my kids. I've got my daughter Campbell turns twenty two today. Happy birthday, Campbell. You're not listening, but happy birthday. Um Happy birthday. We're old. I've got a I know. It hit me it hit me this weekend a little bit. Um I've got another daughter that's twenty. Okay. Smart kids. Both of them have really high GPAs and tough curriculums and the, a, a tough school at their university. The business school's competitive. But if you threw at one of my kids yeah. $400,000 in a year right now, I think they'd be a little responsible. But And in fairness, if you threw that kind of money at me at 21 or 22, That's fair. I'd, have been, That's what- I'd have been an idiot. Well, you're and taking so, the bottom 5%. They're making, whenever they come up, yeah. they're the bottom 5% of all human beings in the amount of money they're making when they get to college. And you take them, an 18-year-old kid, from the bottom 5% of any money being made by any human being to the top 5% overnight. I mean, it's like Knox, the, the, when, the $20 bill, right? Yeah. So they, don't, they don't recognize the value well, of it. Well, the people that are in their lives that are looking for handouts. It's unbelievable. And it's unbelievable. And, and so it's just, it's incredibly difficult. I, I wish there was, maybe there is places a uh, almost like a where you put it in a trust, where you put it somewhere where it's gonna be yeah. where it's gonna be there for you when you're forty, where you can you know, because if you just hand a young person any young person a whole bunch of money, they kind of just roll through it. It's gone. I think it was Rich Rod that brought this up, so I'm gonna make sure I give him credit if it was what my idea. I think it was Rich Rod's, but it was talking about when all this stuff came up is to put, okay, put the money, a vast majority amount of the money where you keep it at kind of a stipend where everybody's, he said, let's call it 50. I think this was rich rod. So make sure I give credit. Say it was 50 grand, right? Mm. That's your cap. Anything you make over 50 grand goes into trust. And the day you graduate, you get that money. Yes. I think that would be, that would be so, you know, you're making a so small, good. small amount. And it kind of protects the kids too. Cause it lets the kids go, Hey, I don't have the money. I don't have access to it. Correct. Because there's so many people. Lots of hands. Hands that are, that are when they go home, people that think they just, as someone said in the thread, personal finance 101 should be an absolute requirement. It should. It should, yeah. be, it should be a freshman prerequisite at yeah. every school in the country. But it's not. Joey says that's what Mike Leach said to do. I, I think, yeah, I'm sure he did. There were a few, a few. I'm just talking about this was years ago when all this stuff started being talked about. I think Rich Rod said that in a meeting. That's where I'm getting it from. I, I'm yeah. sure there's other people. I think have said it since. Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot of people that have have really good ideas. It just, um, I don't know. Anyway, I got us off topic. Oh, we're, we're brought to you by Walk On Sports Bistro. They put everything they've got into bringing you game day. With a uh, taste of Louisiana, dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine, po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers and fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap, especially if you're in Oxford or Jackson. Please stop by the Oxford or Ridgeland walk-ons today. All right, let's uh, move on a little bit. Um, since it's spring, I got a couple questions over over the uh, weekend. Some, some recruiting advice going on. Um, you know how do I become a how do I become a really good player or get recruited all this stuff and you can talk yourself in circles. I can do this, do that. At the end of the day, this blows my mind and it's right off the NFL. 
the best way to become a really good recruit is to dominate your competition where you're at. If you want to be like a highly recruited kid, how about this? Be the best player on your high school team. Let's start there. What does it take to be the best high school player on your team? Instead of trying to skip all these steps, it's kind of like the, the NFL draft, right? All of a sudden, like it, this used to drive me nuts, man. I've told you this before, and you're going to laugh because I've told you this 15 times over the years. It used to drive me nuts, man. Pro day would come around, and there'd be some kid on your team that was like third team, just an average dude, couldn't play dead in a Western. But he thought he was going to train his ass off. He waited till after he's finished playing football to go train his ass off, to eat right, to sleep right, to get really good. And he thinks that he's going to go out there on a pro day and in 50 minutes going to change his life in 50 minutes. When at the end of the day, your film is your resume. Yep. So if you're a high school kid, guess what? Your film is your resume. You may go run out a fast track time or fast something like that. Now we're going to turn your film on to watch you. But at the end of the day, if you want to be a great recruit, if you want to be a great NFL player, put your work on film. That's the number one way. You can't skip that step. That that just doesn't exist. You have to be able to put it on film that you can do that. Um, but it happens every year. Um, and the last thing, if you're a parent or you know this is really important, this is more on the parents helping their kids out. I may tell you something you didn't know here. Make sure, especially as you're getting you're getting your kids going to be a sophomore or a junior, it's getting the thing that reminded me of this is it's uh, kids are scheduling their classes for next year and things like that, right? Make sure you check your ki- the classes that your kid has taken in the math, okay? So you have to have three years of math. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you, I'd say 85% of the kids that you do transcripts on take Algebra 1A and then they take Algebra 1B, maybe as a sophomore. But the NCAA only counts that as 0.5 units and 0.5 units. So technically you've taken two years of math, but the NCAA only counts it as one. And so a lot of these kids get to their senior year and they don't have enough math credits. So make sure you check your kid's transcript and make and check and see what they've taken in their math because they have to have three years of math. And you can, any person, I mean, you can do it right there on your computer over there. Mm-hmm. You can Google NCAA 48H or eligibility standards, whatever it is now, and your school will have their own set of uh, classes that they can put on there. But I cannot tell you how many kids come up and they only have two years of math and they got to go cram one, take a online or something late in the year when they come, become a player. Go ahead and fix that on the front end if you're a parent. Make sure you check your kid's uh, math there. And then uh, got this question. I probably don't know if we have many of these people listening. Um, but if you're wanting your if your kid wants to graduate early and enroll in January, I'm against it, by the way. Um, but if your kid wants to do that, the best way to do that is this summer. They're not going to like it, but take the extra English this summer because you have to have four years of English. Uh, some schools are counting speech as an English now. Uh, not all schools. But just check your 48H, and if you want to take an extra year in the summer, that's a, a good way to do that. All right. All right, Neil. Do you know what uh, yesterday was? Yes. It was a good day. It's the end of portal season. So the portal window has closed. Yes. All right. I got some numbers for you. Okay. I reached out to some uh, buddies this morning. So it, I say it, it technically has closed. All right. You'll have another, you'll see more guys enter today and tomorrow. But they had to do their paperwork. They had to do their paperwork. They have 48 hours to basically enter them. So they may have entered their paperwork yesterday, um, but you may see some trickle out. Uh, you, there have been some trickle out today, and I'm sure there'll be some tomorrow. But as of 8.14 this morning, Neil, 
there were 1,708 new players in the portal this last window. Football players. 1,708. I mean, God, I, I don't want to be old man yelling at clouds, so I'm trying not to be. Let me tell you what there aren't. <laughs> what are they not? There are not 1,708 vacancies. You want to hear what's active in the portal right now? Sure. This is counting the first window and this one. Mm-hmm. Active in the portal right now, mm-hmm. 6,374 players. It's, it's really sad. It, 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 it honestly is really sad. It's, it's uh, an organization that claims to care about the young people shows with that number that they don't care about young people. Hey, there or are they, care, they care more about being – and look, they're scared of getting sued. In fairness to the NCAA, they're scared of being sued. Okay? Let me give them that. Yep. If we're going to be transparent and fair. If they have hard, rigid rules and they enforce them, they get sued. And they get very beat up in the court of public opinion because there are so many people in the court of public opinion who are live and let live, laissez-faire as it pertains to this. <clears throat> so I'm – and I get that. I do. I, it's comp- The problem is there are so many guys and girls – but mostly guys, this is mostly a football thing, who have a bad week. Easy button. And they jump in the portal, and then there's nowhere to go. And for so many of those guys, it's the only way they can afford to go to college. Hartman said it. I did the math right when he, he clicked up there. 75 teams worth of players in the active in the portal right now. And there aren't 75 teams worth of vacancies in the portal right now. <laughs> no. And so a lot of guys are SOL. It's just this. They get in the portal, they get replaced by a high school kid, and you're over. It's done. Your spot's g- gone. It's the, what was that game, musical chairs? Yeah. Chair got pulled out. Yeah, they keep pulling the chairs out. And the point of that is that each time, one person doesn't have a chair. Imagine musical chairs if you had like 10 chairs and you had 306 people playing the game and you're like, okay, let's play the music. Dun, 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 stop. It's chaos for those 10 chairs. You remember how we did those uh, portal stats about a month ago? Yeah. And the NCAA was bragging because they only had 2,300 players left in the portal. So you're telling me there's 4,000 players going to be like – I, I immediate eligibility tried to tell y'all and it's like i it feel is. bad i feel bad in one sense because i'm laughing because there's a kid that's gonna lose his spot i don't feel bad in one in one sense because i've been saying the shit for five years since the idea came up in the spring of 2018 been saying this was coming i said it was gonna take five years to figure out that you had a problem in ncaa five years what's five years from the spring of 2018 now oh okay and it's gonna take you five years to fix it you're at the peak of what's a shit show and I've been – it pisses me it's really off. It's really the beginning of the shit show. Yeah, it's the, be- the beginning of the peak of the shit show. Because right. I told them it would take five years to figure out you had a problem. Now, they tried to trick me with this little COVID year. And that's thrown in a whole nother set of issues. Like, remember, Jeff Trailer was talking about with COVID and the issues and everything like that. But 
You tell them because they've never broken a huddle, they have never built a roster, they have never signed a kid, they've never recruited a kid, and they come up with these great rules, man, these great rules, and they don't realize that, wait a minute, the numbers just don't make sense, boss. And the next problem that's going to occur, by the way, I told them this too, the next problem that's going, this is the next one that's going to happen, all right, is what happens when all these the portal numbers run. You got all these kids in the portal. Well, if you're not signing high school kids to add to the portal, it's going to go away, and there's going to be this massive rush, okay, on high school kids because there's nobody left in the portal. And you're going to sign a lot of kids that probably aren't good enough. And guess what they're going to do? They're going to get their ass cut and put in the portal. So you're just going to continue the cycle. It's just going to keep cycling, and there's no end of the cycle. And they just don't understand it, and it really just it's it's frustrating because for everybody in the business, it's common fucking sense. It really is. I know. I feel. I feel bad for a lot of the coaches in the business. I feel really bad for a lot of the kids, because a lot of the kids are like they're like we were as kids, right? Yeah. I mean, they're just dumb kids, and I mean that in a in a lovable way. All nineteen year old boys are stupid. Okay. Yeah. We, we just all. I was one of them. Yeah. Some are fortunate to have support systems. Yep. And some are unfortunate and don't. And you get some bad advice, and then. And this is, I'm criticizing our generation, not the kids. Yep. If you don't ever kind of force your kids to work through tough times, you enable. Preach. Preach. The first time something gets tough, and usually in college football, it gets tough for pretty freshmen. Quick. For freshmen, it gets tough pretty quick. And sometimes the coaches are jerks and assholes, and they deserve for the kids to leave them. And they, but most of the time, it's a little bit of tough love. And if they would just get through it, it it's the growth. Yep. But this is this option that they go, I'm out. I hate Coach Siski. He's an asshole. He's mean to me. I don't think he likes me. I'm not playing. I didn't play in the game against Troy. I'm not going to play this week against South Alabama. Coach Siski thinks I suck. He's a, he's an asshole. I'm leaving. They wouldn't be wrong. But they get in the portal. Yep. And when you can get in the portal and you can, in your mind, hey, it's like AAU basketball. One of the flaws with <laughs> AAU basketball is. Just one of them. But this is the big one. Okay. Is a kid doesn't like his coach, he just switched to a new AAU team. Yep. Hey, doesn't like that one, new AAU team. Hey, I'll go play for this A. There's no continuity and you get that. Oh, hey, this half season didn't work. I'm in the portal. I'm in the portal. We've talked about this before. The problem with the immediate eligibility is in the old days, you could still transfer. I mean, I could say, hey, I'm at Troy. John, I'm just picking on your school for a minute. It's all good. (laughs) And I'm not happy. And guess what? They want me at um, FAU. Want me enough to take me and put me on scholarship, and I got to sit a year. So I'm going to go. Cool. Peace. It's all good. And there were guys that did that, and it worked, and it was fine. Um, But there's – and there is a middle ground. And the middle ground is uh, grad transfer. Yeah. The middle ground is, hey, go to school, do your work, you can graduate now the way that the schedules are done. You can graduate in three years. Easy. And if you uh, if you graduate, 
And that's your free agency card. That's your free agency card. You leave. You're, you're you're a grad transfer. You were Troy for three seasons. Sorry, John. <laughs> and uh, you you transfer, and you can play next season at Auburn. Ain't no doubt. I mean, and you can still and you can still do pay for play all along, but that would control some of the pay for play market. Because 100%. the reason that the market's insane right now is that guys, and I'm not picking on anybody. I'm, I'm being yeah. careful here. In in all three major sports, including baseball, it's, it's happening in baseball now. Wait till that goes down. People are going to be shocked. But football, men's basketball, the money in the transfer market for average players is silly. It's scary. Well, that's why you're seeing all these guys like you're like, oh, who the hell is that guy? Well, hell, that guy's going here to visit. He's going to get maybe he's getting fifty grand at one school. He's going to get a hundred grand at another school. You know, whatever it is, the market's just stupid. Um, do want to say this though? I said forty eight hours on that. That does not include grad transfers. Grad transfers can roll. So if you got, yeah, you know, I'm trying to think of a situation. Well, shit, I guess you got it here. If one of the two quarterbacks didn't want to be here and one of them graduated or whatever, here's between Sanders and uh, Dart. I don't know their graduation situation. I don't either. Um, but they could leave and go. So if you graduated, say you finished your degree in July, yep. you could get in the portal and play immediately in yes. August. Okay. Yeah, you can do that. Um, but I not SEC to SEC. Uh, yes. Okay. Grad grad transfer kind of waves everything. Does that make sense? It does. So that's uh, that will be interesting there. All right, so let's talk about somebody who is – Let's talk about He's in one. the news. Deion Sanders, very much in the news. In the last few days. Yep. I'm reading from your notes. I'm taking your, uh, I'm, I'm giving, this is per uh, tylersiski.com. <laughs> 63 of the 83 scholarship players from Colorado's 2022 team have moved on. That is correct. So he's down to 20, uh, 20 scholarship players left from last year's team. And they got, and I, I got, uh, was it Max Olson, I think, wrote a really good article in The Athletic. I haven't read it. Um, this was like, I don't know, one day late last week. And he broke down all of the positions and how many guys are left and all that stuff. Like every single receiver from last year's team, gone, all 10 of them, out, down to one quarterback, right? And it's just – it's um, – but in the nutshell, it was down to tw 20 scholarships, okay? Um, and everybody's like, oh, Dion will just solve it with a portal. Uh, yeah, obviously that's, that's the, <laughs> what he's going to have to do. But there's some problems with this, right? And this is the things I wanted to bring to hit. This This is going to be one of the most interesting roster rebuilds this year. I'm not talking about next year. I'm talking about right now. Okay. I just don't, with the current rules in, in place, I don't know how he does it. And what I mean by that is this. All right. Problem one is this. When you bring in a transfer, all right, so he goes and gets uh, Demoy Kennedy, which he's getting from Alabama, okay. a linebacker. <clears throat> yep. He goes and gets him. Let's say he's – Des Moines Kennedy's a good player, all that stuff. Okay. But he's stuck with his scholarship until his eligibility runs out. Right. So let's call him the greatest evaluator that ever lived. Okay. Okay. Let's say he hits on 50% of his players. Okay. Well, he's got to replace – what is that? He's got to replace 65 scholarships. He's down to 20? 65, yeah. Let's call him the greatest evaluator that ever lived. Let's say he hits 35 out of 65. So he's got 30 deadweight scholarships. It's a ton. How many How many scholarships? Like, do you remember how bad it was in 2012 when we got here? Mm -hmm. We were playing with 53 scholarship players. Yep. You cannot function with that few of scholarship players that are. You guys play. got through the 2012 season at Ole Miss with five offensive linemen. 
you were always one offensive lineman away from total chaos. And you were two offensive linemen away from they have no chance. Our best running back was a quarterback the year before. <laughs> but you had, you had five offensive linemen. It, dude, I mean, we had one and a half SEC football players you, on the team. You went out and landed Pierce Burton yep. from Majuco. I talked with Pierce not too long ago, by the really? way. Really? Yeah. Good dude. Yeah. And Pierce, two things. You got fortunate because a lot of times the Juco guys need a year for acclimation. He would have needed a year in normal, a normal circumstance, but instead he was our, he, he he was was our best starting player. right tackle. <laughs> and he played like you guys, was it like Aaron Morris? And Aaron was later. They had Aaron. No, he was on that team. Justin Bell. Just JB, Justin Bell, and Jared Duke. He listens to our show. Yeah. Jared Duke was on that team. You had, had just these guys, and there was like, if anybody goes Evan down. Evan Swindle. Yeah, Evan Swindle was, Center. I mean, turned out to be incredibly valuable. I mean, if any anybody goes down, just, hey, I mean. Aaron Morris was our left tackle, I think, right? That sounds right. <laughs> I don't remember. Fans are going to be like, how do you not know? I, just, I can't remember. But you just had, didn't have anybody. It was, it I mean, was insane. Had anyone, like, if Pierce Burton had torn his ACL in week five. And I'm glad, Pierce, that it didn't happen, buddy. It was all <laughs> good. Me too. But, Hattie, you you were going to have to move a defensive lineman. Yeah, we were bad. We were, it was bad. It was the – we were joking. So, uh, we had a – we had a uh, – me and Matt Luke would joke. He's the offensive line coach. I said, hey, dude, just get up, get him, <laughs> snap the ball and get him out of the way. What people don't realize is this was what was amazing. I think we averaged like 220 yards a game rushing that year. And that was part of my deal when I when I got accused of binoculars and shit the next year. When you broke down, I'm at Alabama, so we had had the whole 12, which I was part of the staff, in the first three games before we played them. I remember doing the breakdown on them. And we had – Ole Miss had from 2012 – yeah, 2012, yep. Yeah, shit, I don't remember. 2012 season and the first three games of the 13 season – Ole Miss had had 39 explosive runs, and that's a run of over 12 yards, okay? That's yep. how we defined it. 38 of the 39 runs were outside the tackles. So we were doing a lot of what we call sucker. Like we, we suckered people to death, which that's when you, literally you tell your offense line to go left and you hand the ball off going to the right. Right. So it, the defenses were so gapped oriented that their guy goes they would move and so like we literally did not block anybody but we did we suckered people to death we ran a lot of uh read zone where Bo would pull the run or whatever like Bo had a long run against uh lsu to where it was just him and one person in space we were basically getting our five offensive linemen and, and moving them out of the way yeah <laughs> you know that's what we did yeah um and the one run which is this is, blow, this is really gonna blow your mind the one explosive run that we had that was between the tackles was against Aaron Donald <laughs> against Pitt in the bowl game because Pitt we knew we felt really good about it uh, because uh, Pitt that year they they played the same four down defensive lineman the entire game they never subbed and so our whole strategy that game was we were just tempo 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 and I think at one time we ran the same play like fourteen straight times in tempo with different options off of it and. Uh, uh, Itavius Mathers I think so it was we broke uh, like a sixty yard. We they they were so gassed. Yeah, we just blew one right up to like sixty yards for a touchdown in the bowl game. That was the long run. So, flash forward, when I got to Alabama, they had the same you know basically the same offensive lineman. So it's like, look, we basically played a man short in a box 
so they're not going to be able to, our X's are better than their O's. Mm-hmm. Just keep the game in the box. We put an extra guy on the perimeter to keep them from, you know, pulling, re- made them handoff read zone to where our five were better than their five. Just kept the game in the box, and that's why you couldn't run the football. Yeah. But, um, and then obviously getting offensive line, Larry Matonson comes around, and they were able to do some things. But, yeah, we were, that was fun. Um, but here's the problem, all right? So you're stuck with them. You got these wasted scholarships. Here's two is like, he can bring in, and he's going to bring in some of these one and dones, right? So, yeah. like, guys, but guess what? Now you got the same problem next year. You got another huge number to replace, and it's just not fathomable to replace that. It, it, it's, I don't know how you bring in that many kids to, to sign them. It's not sustainable. Yeah, that's what, the very last thing I put. That's the bottom line. Is it's it's a model that makes no sense. All right, well, let's do a little math problem. Because look, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing in college football. In college football, there simply must be, like, I think you can kind of do this in college basketball. You see lots of examples of it, right, where you can recycle a 13-man roster. Yeah, I would like to do that. Because, you know, and and in a 13-man roster, I mean, on on a good team, 10 guys play, right? Right. And on most teams, it's eight guys play, nine guys play. You can recycle seven or eight new guys a year with a transfer portal. It's not fun, and it's it's a little hit or miss. But if you're if you're a good development coach, if you are a good basketball coach, and you have a pretty good ability to build a team and for a team to build as the season goes on, um, you, you can work it out. Right, you got a point guard who can distribute. Get a couple guys on the wings who can shoot couple of bigs, get somebody who's a, a good screen setter and a good rim protector, and, and, and you can kind of replace those pieces year over year. Correct. You can't do it like that in football, Tyler. There has to be some development. <laughs> you ain't got to tell me. You can't go get – and this isn't me saying basketball. They're just different sports. Football, you, you got to develop an offensive line. It takes time. It typically takes years. you you got to develop depth defensively. The, the systems are more complicated. Faster. Yeah, you can, you can install a basketball scheme in the course of an off season, and kind of teach it. Because it's basketball, basketball. I mean, yeah. you know, you can do some different things. You can have some different pick and roll coverages. You can have different. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna drop on defense here. We're gonna switch here. We're not gonna switch here because this is a mismatch. You can hunt mismatches. There's whatever. You get my point. Yep. Football's a little, just a lot different. I just don't think you can say, hey, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring in 60 new dudes every year. That's going to be hard. <laughs> All right, understand understand that, yeah, is there a chance that one year it's magical and you hit? Sure, sure. But at what rate does he have to hit is my question. For it to have a magical year? Two thir- I mean, two-thirds. And maybe, look, they were 1-11 last year, right? Yeah, they'll be better. So, I mean, maybe he – it looks – but I don't know. They, I, but what happens – okay, so here's – I keep asking this in football. What happens in football when you bring a bunch of guys, multi-year guys in, and NIL is the big part of it, pay for play, and you got Dion talking about his Louie and all that, and then you start the season 1-2. and two. Happens. Yeah. Um, those guys, they, 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 they've never been together. They don't have any bonds. No. And it's not like a basketball season where you're going to play 40 games. You can lose some basketball games. You know that going in as a coach. Hell, I know college basketball coaches that are like, oh, this is one I hope we lose. I hate losing, but I kind of hope we lose. Yeah. 
because I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna have a team building experience out of it, right? It's not like that in this. No, in football you lose a couple of games and you're out of the playoff picture, and so all of a sudden guys are like, uh, you know, what am I? I don't have any connection to this place. I don't have any connection to these this this. Don't tell me to play for the guy next to me. I don't even know that. Where's he from? Where was he last year? Rutgers. Yeah. What what difference is about? I. I don't think, and I know I sound like old man yelling at cloud, except for the fact that I don't really think I act and live like old man yelling at cloud. So I, I kind of feel like you ran a ten k. I kind of, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm right here. I don't think what they're doing in football is sustainable. I think what they're doing in basketball, you could probably make it work. In baseball, sure, you can go get a couple of pitchers. You still need to develop some stuff. But there's, there's ways around that you can use. You can use the portal as a scab, as a band aid. In football, it. Well, it's the one sport, unless you're playing quarterback. Let's take quarterback out. Quarterback's the one position in football that, dude, you got a dude, you're going to win games. You know what I mean? Like, you're yeah. always going to have a chance. Yeah. But that's it. In basketball, you got one dude, you can win a lot of games. Yeah. In baseball, you got a, one dude, a pitcher, you can win every time he pitches, he, you're going to be in the game. Sure. All right. Football's not, unless it's quarterback, it's not that way. But let's do a little math problem. Nobody wants to explain this to me. He's got to play 65 guys, right? Mm-hmm. You know how many visits you get a year? 56. So we're going to tell nine guys we're signing you can't come on official visit? Yes. And are we going to hit 100% on the guys that we're bringing on official visits? No. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, of course. There's a math problem. It's, it's, it's messed up. I mean, there's a major math problem. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the visit number what last week or whatever it was. But, like, if you only get 56 visits a year, now he's got – here's the other thing. He's got to do all this before August. Right. Well, guess what? Where he, well, guess where he has to count those visits in December? Like he's gonna bring. You're saying he's not gonna recruit any high school kids this year, but he can't. He's not gonna have any visits left. Yeah. Like, how is that working? Because you can't. I I know. And it's not like hey, you're not located in Atlanta where you can say hey, uh, hey, little Johnny from Birmingham, drive over for your fit. Hey, right. This is gonna be an unofficial official. Yeah. Dude, you're in Boulder, Colorado. There's one way in and yeah, one the, way the out. Kid from Spring, Texas, it's a hell of a haul to get yeah. to Boulder. Your ass is on a plane. Yeah. It's a lot easier to talk a kid to drive over from Birmingham sure. to come unofficial official mm-hmm. than it is, hey, you got to get in a plane, you got to fly and come see us because we don't have any more visits left. All right. The other thing is this the guy, NIL, and everybody that's in the, the, the good players that are in there, they're competing against other schools. Sammy's right. So schools will just pass the cost to their donors, season ticket holders, and only when that avenue dries up will there be a correction. I think he's right. And this is where the football thing, I'm, I'm really interested in, and I think you're right. I think we're just, you, you said we're at the peak of the shit show. I think The tip of the shit show. Is I, think, I think we're at the beginning of the hill that is the shit show. Yeah. What happens when these rosters that the fans don't know Right, yeah. Fans, fans don't know the rosters. This is a sport that is built on familiarity. Has been in the past. You know, you went to see. Like AJ McCarron was at Alabama for five years. Get kind of that kind of thing. And there's examples of that, but it's it's getting it's getting less and less. You went to watch a guy, and you saw a guy develop. Right, you saw. Hey, we signed this kid out of high school. He went to, you know, Tullahoma High School, and. Uh, we 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 got him and and he redshirted his first year and then he was on some special teams and then you know that those days are kind of over Gun. and that's what sort of built the loyalty so what happens when you have 
Rosters full of players that the fans don't know, and the team gets off to a bad start. They don't have the fans don't have any buy-in other than the laundry. No, and I just I don't know. I I'm not trying to be the guy that's like a doomsday guy, but I kind of look at it and go, does that really? Because I remember as a little kid growing up in Ruston, there were players that played at Tech. That we went to the Tech games. We had season tickets to my dad was a professor at Tech and we would go to the Tech games. And I mean, I remember watching Matt Dunnigan play quarterback year over year. And there were guys on the Tech team that I remember playing. And yeah, you saw them kind of play over the years. And I was starting to get into it. And so I would watch guys and I was like, I want to be like him. And I mean, that's 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 a pretty common thing, right? I mean, <clears throat> all the little kids that, that come to the Ole Miss games and, and go out into the Grove afterwards wearing the same jersey number, it's not because that's a popular number. It's because that's the player. Yeah. They want to be like Jackson Dart or Quinshawn Judkins or, or whoever, yeah. right? I, you just I, – I think you got to – I think I think taking away roster continuity is a mistake. Well, it's like this. And we are in hell. We probably got some of them in the stream. There are a gazillion football fans that are college football fans that aren't NFL fans. And I think that's the difference. The college football fan is all about, Hey, it's the school. I'm pulling for my school. I got the continuity. I know I'm going to be able to go see him year after year after year after year. You know, I'm going to be able to follow this guy for a long time. As opposed to the NFL, it's just transactional, and you're pulling for your team. It's like the jet, you know, you don't pull. Does that make sense? Like yeah, but there's a reason that in these collective bargaining agreements, they're written to make it where a player can stay with a team for a, a long period of time at the beginning of his career. Yeah, it's because a franchise knows that fans want to cheer for people. Yep, there's Not- franchise tags. So you don't lose somebody to money. Yeah, I mean, I think about that. I think about Major League Baseball, right? Yeah, uh, the the arbitration year, all that stuff, the contracts, the Braves. Look at what the Braves are doing. It's not just baseball that they're doing when they're signing all of these young guys to long term deals. It's we can market around these guys. The fans will keep coming because they get to see Ozzy Albies and Ron Lacuna and um, the different guys. I'm, I'm drawing blanks, but you know what I mean. Yeah, Max Freed. Yeah. Strider. They, yeah, they know those guys are going to be there. So when dad takes little Johnny to, to, to the ballpark, hey, we're going to get to go see. You know who you're going to see. It's not just random dudes wearing the Braves uniform because that wouldn't work over time. No. Hey, dad, who's at shortstop? I don't know. Some dude. Yeah. And that wouldn't work. That's why like minor league baseball doesn't. They have to. They don't market the players. They market. Hey, it's Budweiser night. Hey, it's uh, it's what they have. They have to have marketing deals because you don't know who the hell the players are because they're just coming in and out. They're just part of an organization. They don't. They're they're, somewhere. they're only there because that's, that's where the Padres sent them. That's a good point. The Gwinnett Braves, the Gwinnett Braves market a completely different way than the Atlanta Braves do. Why? Because the Gwinnett Braves don't really have any control over who they've got. Does no, make sense? No, it makes 100% sense. And so you got to be careful at college athletics becoming a minor league team. you got to be super careful about it. There's got to be something more to it than that. All right, let me ask you this. Look at the, look at the, look at, I talk about the Cubs a lot, but the Cubs are a good example. One of the reasons that the Cubs are kind of starting to get going again a little bit from a fan standpoint, 
attendance dropped off at Wrigley over the last few years. And it wasn't just because they were losing. It was because who, who, who are these people? You had the fans had gotten close to Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo and Javier Baez and uh, John Lester and, and all those guys. And then suddenly, for whatever different reasons, all those guys are gone. Literally, all of them are gone. And last year, it's like, I don't know who these people are. Like, Seiya Suzuki, yeah, okay, you gave him a deal, but who's he? He was in Japan a year ago. Now... You know, they, they extended Ian Happ, and they, they signed Dansby Swanson to a long-term deal, and they extended Nico Horner, and they've got Suzuki and Justin Steele's coming up from Loosedale, Mississippi, and it looks like he's going to be a, a legitimate piece of their rotation. And only then can you get people to buy back in. It's, it's the jersey thing. If When fans come to your game and they don't know what jersey they buy, you're failing. All right. You, that's where I was going with this next question. All right, let's use Ole Miss as an example because they've been very – I think they were third. I think they had 29 replacements, I think, what I saw on that list. Yeah, they've had a bunch. <laughs> Colorado's double. Yeah. Um, it's the end of the year, and you're not you're not having a great year. Mm-hmm. Not knowing the players, how bad is that going to affect attendance? Significantly. You, you get what I'm saying? Yes. Like – I, I think you go all in and you start portaling all these guys and you start changing 20, 30 names a year, and then you're not having a – now, you're winning. It's hey, all good. I'll give you an example. I'll give you a good example. We'll stop on this one. Yeah. Last season, the beginning of the year, I knew that Ole Miss was playing out of Arkansas in November. I couldn't get a room. My room was in Bentonville, okay? Arkansas was heavy portal. Yeah. A lot of turnover. And they lost a handful of games that their fans viewed as disappointments. So they were five and five going into the Ole Miss game. Is that right? Because yeah, that's Something right. Because like they yeah. finished six and six, they lost to Missouri. So yeah, they were five and five. On the Wednesday of that week, on a whim, I just checked Hilton Honors. Not only there were lots of rooms available in Fayetteville that wow. I couldn't have gotten. And that stadium was not full. They ended up with a pretty decent crowd or whatever. But the point, your your point's a good one. If if you, and it's like that anyway. But look, no one's gonna come out and go, hey, you know what? We got to go to senior night because these guys have been with us forever. They're not going to senior night if if, if three fourths of senior night is. I have no idea who that is. Who? I mean, that's that's starting to happen, and we're just at the beginning of this. Yeah. And I'm telling you, it's a that that system. If you win and you win big, yeah, it's all good. Winning's good. Yeah. Everybody loves winning. Nobody cares. If you win, it'll be packed. The Grove's packed. The stadium's packed. Whatever Tiger Walk or Bulldog right. Trot or whatever the hell, packed. Don't win. And there's no emotional tie to it. There's no, you know what? I'm gonna I'm go cheer for those kids because they busted their ass for my team for four years. I'm gonna go cheer for those kids. Yeah, that. I think you're gonna see this year. I'll be, that's something we need to we need to pay attention to this year. Because they all can't win, right? So, oh, of course. And everybody's going portal heavy. Yeah. All right. So Not everybody doing the portal is going to win. And so when when those when those teams don't, I want to see what happens inside their teams yep. and with their attendance. We need to look at that. Yep, we will. All right. All right, we've been brought to you by uh, Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Batesville, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern 662-429-4429. We've been brought to you again by Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need 
to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. For Tyler Siski, I'm Neil McCready. We'll be back with you guys on Thursday. Until then, take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.